Hi, I'm Paul Jay. Welcome to theanalysis.news. Uh, don't forget the donate button if you haven't donated yet or you want to donate again. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, don't forget the subscribe button. And uh, be back in a second. The U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission has opened an investigation into Archegos Capital's Bill Huang and the margin call trades that led to a $20 billion liquidation of his family office, according to a report from Bloomberg. The investigation is routine following such a high-profile market event, and the probe may not lead to allegations of wrongdoing. Archegos Capital was hit with several margin calls last week that it was unable to meet, prompting several banks that had prime brokerage relationships with the family to liquidate its stock positions in names like Viacom CBS, Baidu, and Tencent Music Entertainment, amongst others. The trades led to extreme volatility in a handful of stocks on Friday, with Viacom CBS and Discovery notching their biggest daily declines on record. Banks like Goldman Sachs and Wells Fargo managed to escape potential losses by quickly liquidating their exposure to Archegos, but others like Numera and Credit Suisse are facing billions in potential losses from the trades. And of course, there's all kinds of ordinary people's money that is tied up in all this as well. Now joining us to make sense of more Wall Street nonsense is Bill Black. Bill's an American lawyer, academic author, and former bank regulator with expertise in white-collar crime, public finance, regulation, and other topics in law and economics. He's the author of the book, The Best Way to Rob a Bank is to Own One. And he's an associate professor of economics and law and law at the University of Missouri, Kansas City. Thanks very much for joining us again, Bill. Thank you. So what is this all about? I mean, billions of dollars of losses. Uh, break this down for people that don't understand some of the terminology. Like, what happened here? Okay, so this one is a demonstration of how completely screwed up modern finance has become. But not necessarily anything criminal uh, in this transaction which is, you know, good news, bad news, that you can destroy $20 billion in wealth without committing any crime is perhaps a disturbing as opposed to a non-disturbing fact. But remember that uh, the problems were the government, right? The government made banks make bad loans to poor people with dark skins. And, that, and that's why we had the great financial crisis, supposedly, right? That, that uh, series of uh, racial tropes and myths. Um, here, there's none of those. This is supposedly in the absolute best circumstances where nothing catastrophic could possibly go wrong. So the theory uh, that you would be taught in uh, modern finance schools uh, is that the key was to have skin in the game. And that's a weird phrase, and it just means you have something personally to lose, a lot personally to lose. And Bill Wong was investing his own family money almost exclusively, right? So he should have been at his absolute most careful. He should have had all the right incentives. And the banks, there were only about seven of them. They were all massive. 
the allegedly most sophisticated financial players in the world. So they should have never allowed themselves to be exposed to these kinds of losses. Naturally, these two things were their absolutely ideal circumstances produced record losses and such. Why? Because it's all nonsense. It's all taking, in, in this case, it's usually fixed and it's fraud, and, and Wong has done that in the past, right? Yeah, he was actually convicted for insider trading at some point. Right? So pled to it, yeah, and such. And there were other sanctions and such. And, he, and, and the whole name, the name comes from the New Testament Greek. It's used four times in the New Testament in every case to refer to Jesus as a leader, right? It means leader, paramount leader type of thing, innovator. Uh, with Christian freighted, and Wong is a huge self-professed Christian when he isn't defrauding people. <laughs> well, so's, so's the mafia. Yeah, why not? Uh, type of thing. Uh, uh, so this is all insane. These are allegedly the moral people on top of the right. super sophisticated so what, what, people. What, what, what exactly did he do? What did he do? What does it mean calling in the margin? And how? why do all these banks lose money out of it? So what he did is just the old-fashioned thing. You know, uh, instead of all the nonsense you're taught, right? If you went for two years or, or a four-year program to get a PhD in finance, all it is is leverage. Leverage just means a friggin' unbelievable load of debt. And it works like a teeter-totter, right? It's We're talking about how much is my return on equity. So if I make my equity really small, by borrowing a ton of money, it's like on a teeter-totter going way the heck out from the fulcrum. And then you could lift your fat friend, right? you know, who weighs seven times more than you do because of the leverage. So your return on equity, your own stuff, goes up immensely. And even though most of the money invested is not really yours, it's borrowed money, you don't say, oh my God, you seven banks, the seven sister banks that funded them, you made possible the great bulk of my successful investment. I won't pay you back the debt, which I you contracted to have me pay at 7%. I mean, you were the one who was really taking the risk that this project would blow up. So I'll pay you 50%. Like that happens never, <laughs> right? Just like nobody washes the car before, the used car before they return it to the dealer. So you only pay the credit folks, the, the lenders, even though they're providing the great bulk of the money and taking the great bulk of the risk, the whatever percent, 8% at which you borrowed. And if you win big, 40, 50%, and then you leverage it, 20, 30, 40 to one, if I were a rich man, you know, then <laughs> you become a billionaire. Now, if you lose, you can't possibly pay the money back. So if you can win big and you can lose big, but if you, it's asymmetrical. If you win big, you keep all the money. <laughs> you just pay the clowns, the, the lenders, the 8%, right, at which they lent the money. But if you lose, you don't have remotely the wealth to do it. So after your loss, 
all the other losses are get borne by the lenders in these circumstances, right? And which was why lenders should never lend on these kinds of terms. So how did they do it? They made it first opaque. And that's always the recipe, right? Let's hide what we're doing so we don't have to disclose it. You mentioned the SEC, Securities and Exchange Commission. The whole theory of the SEC is a disclosure regime. The SEC doesn't try to tell investors, this is a good deal, that's a bad deal. It doesn't rate them A, B, C, D. It just says, here's what the nature of the deal is. You go decide whether to do it or not. But if I keep it most of the term secret, then people don't know how much leverage I'm undertaking, and then I can con them into these kinds of things. Now, again, the finance theory says you can't con them because they're sophisticated, they have skin in the game, and they would never loan in these terms. Well, except they did to the tune of 20 or 30 billion. <laughs> right? So uh, they will lend on these terms. Why? Because Wong, what does he care? He agrees to a significant fee. So again, usually you might get 8%. Now you get 10%. Well, that extra 200 basis points, that's huge for your bonus, right? Unless For the, for the, indi for the individuals for, in the bank that's right. greenlighting this. That's right. The executives at the banks have a conflict of interest. They, their compensation system, makes them rich if they say yes to this deal, and that doesn't make them rich if they say no to these deals. Hmm, I'll do the deal. And so they do the deal, and again, it's the allegedly most sophisticated folks, and everybody hides it using a financial derivative that's deliberately opaque and not disclosed, and then they are shocked, shocked, uh, that you can lose as well as win. <laughs> All right. So w why did it blow? Like owning stock in Viacom CBS, what did he do? Why did that blow up in his face? Did he go short on them? I mean, what did no, he do? No, it's the opposite. So he is known for... Now, what's the thing that probably you were taught even by your parents when you were 18, they probably used it, told you about this word called diversify. Diversify your risk. Don't put all your eggs in one basket was the way. Well, the only diversify, only diversify I heard is don't play just hockey. Try some other sport. That was as far as my diversification went. Anyway, go on. Well, it's, it's, uh, hockey's not a sport. It's a religion where you grew up. So <laughs> <That's true. laughs> um, I, I played too. I, you know, Michi Michiganders are near Canadians uh, in this regard. So. Don't put all your eggs in one basket is common sense. And there's a phrase like that in essentially every language everywhere in the world that does investments. It says, if you diversify, then one bad deal won't blow you up, right? So the very first thing we really get into students on, in finance is diversify, diversify, diversify. It's not a free lunch, but it's the closest thing there is to a free lunch in finance. Wong deliberately, as a strategy, didn't diversify. And second, he deliberately bought stocks that were being shorted. So he's not shorting them. Why do people short stocks? 
because they think they're overvalued. Why in particular do they think they're overvalued a lot? Because we think you're playing games with the accounting, engaged in securities fraud, not disclosing your problems, right? This is that GameStop thing, right? That the people thought that GameStop's stock was dramatically overvalued, so shorts started going after them. Bill Wong sees an opportunity when there are shorts. And I won't go through it, but more technically, you can have a strategy where if the stock price is rising, then the shorts, it's called a short squeeze. The, the shorts have to then buy stock to be um, under the terms of the deal. And if the price of the stock is going up, well, they bet it was going to go down, then they're in a world of hurt. And as they rush to buy, what happens to the price of stock? It goes up even more. And so if you're on the other side of the trade, which is what Bill Wong characteristically did, and there's a short squeeze, you make a ton of money. Well, are the shorts been immensely successful of late? Well, no, because we've had this unfrigging believable stock market rise that has, in general, continued for about eight years, right? Massive U.S. stock price rise. So if you're betting against the shorts and you happen to be betting in a period in which the shorts are usually getting killed, that was a winning strategy. But every once in a while, the shorts are right, right? And right in such a dramatic fashion that Viacom stock price falls. And now you have the opposite problem because Bill Wong has borrowed tons of money on the bet that the stock price is going to go up. So he can't repay his loans. So he's got to try to borrow more money. But when you've already borrowed way too much money and lost $20 billion, Somehow, people sometimes get reluctant to lend you more money, and instead, they make a margin call. And the margin call says, wait a minute, you're supposed to maintain no more than, say, a, a 8 to 1 ratio of debt to equity, and the equity has been falling, so you're no longer meeting that ratio, so you got to put up billions of additional dollars. But you just lost 20 billion, so you can't put up billions of dollars, which means you're going to default, which means there's going to be a sudden fall in stock prices because everybody's going to be dumping the same stock to try to get out of the position. Now, as you did in the introduction, if you're Wells Fargo, and God forbid for once, Deutsche Bank and Goldman Sachs, and you sell early enough, you largely escape the pain. But of course, that just increases the pain <laughs> for the, the big banks that sell later. And uh, here, that's what happened. And they lost collectively um, many billions of dollars. We don't know yet how much, but public announcements have already suggested um, at least $5 billion for uh, basically some um, French uh, and uh, uh, Japanese um, major banks. 
Now, I guess for most people, if a bunch of billionaires and big banks are losing money, I guess, you know, well, too bad for them. Uh, but that isn't just who gets hurt by these sorts of things, is it? No, although this is less bad than many things in which more directly the people on the other losing side of the trade are the general public. But it, it still means workers' pension funds, cities' pension funds, those types of things uh, will who, suffer who, 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 in all likelihood, owned some Viacom CBS and some of the other stocks that tanked. Yes, but they also uh, potentially had positions uh, invested for them uh, in these big banks. And those, the you know, the so, share value of those big banks has also fallen. It's it, it's insanity, uh, and I wouldn't say. It, it I guess one should also assume. It, it, like, but it isn't it, insanity. These big banks are well, not for the people collecting the fees, right? And that, and again, it's they win regardless of whether the bank wins or loses. Now that, in fact, they probably financed some of the people that were going short. At the same time, they're financing people going long. Other branches of their bank uh, could have. That's true. I mean, the, I, I mean, the ra you're right. It, the, the rational part is, as you say, you own the bank, you get to rob it. The fees make it. But in terms of society's interest, it's completely nuts. right. From our standpoint. It's insane. It's why as financialization grows and grows and grows, the economy becomes slower and slower at developing productivity growth and wage growth. Because less money's going. Right. Because so much money's going into this parasitical gambling. Unproductive and indeed destructive uses of capital. Plus, we take all kinds of people who are very bright and what do we need in our system in particular in a place like the United States? People who have really good financial and quantitative skills who ought to be, you know, helping to make vaccines and such. Right. And instead, they're on Wall Street overwhelmingly gaming the system in ways that make them rich and the rest of us worse off. In a way, unless I'm not getting this, it's a bit like the predatory lending of 0708 in the sense they're giving mortgages to people that if the price of housing goes down, they will never be able to maintain the uh, payments on their mortgage. And there, and this is just that, like, a, a, a way, way more exaggerated. It's very so much alike. Should, it's very much alike. Should, should, Shouldn't it be illegal for banks to do that kind of financing with such risk to the overall economy? It, not that, but the compensation system should be illegal, right? Hmm. Taking risks, productive risks, is something you need in finance, right? There's no such thing as risk-free stuff in finance. Um, but... The compensation system is, as you say, um, it was even worse in the great financial crisis because the optimal strategy there was deliberately to make bad loans, right? In a form we call looting uh, in economics and criminology. Here, they made money whether they made good loans or bad loans. And so they were more indifferent but indifferent to bad loans is a disastrous system, uh, as you see here. And the, the 
statement in the industry is that finance is run for the benefit of the employees. But we don't mean the union guys and gals. We mean the people making literally millions of dollars a year. They get an enormous percentage of the profits, whereas the losses go to the shareholders. Now, what what, what is in the interest of the banks, the board, the the uh, the you know, I know these finance institutions, the, the largest investors in the financial institutions themselves are other financial institutions, usually. Why is it in their interest to have a fee structure like this? I, I, I'm at the board level, not at the executive level. Well, first, board members are also pl- paid this kind of perverse compensation nowadays. Uh, that was a major change that began roughly 20 years ago. Uh, when I was, uh, uh, you know, corporate secretary and briefing board members and things like that um, in a fairly large bank, you know, you, you got 800 bucks for a session and six times a year or something like that. It, it was an honored position. Um, you might do it for dishonorable reasons, but you weren't going to make yourself rich. Um, nowadays, you make a ton of money, and the people they put on the board, remember, are chosen by the CEO, not by the shareholders. Yes, the shareholders vote, but it's pro forma. They don't have a real alternative. Uh, All right, well, why would a company like, for example, BlackRock or Vanguard or State Street, because they're, they're index funds, and they including in their index are banks, and so, you know, you read BlackRock's uh, literature, they go on and on about how they make sure there's good corporate governance <laughs> in the companies that they put money in. Why do they allow such a fee structure? Um, they make money the same way <laughs> at BlackRock. Never focus on the firm. Firms are not people. Firms cannot act. It, they don't have intent, right? They cannot protect themselves officers, which is to say the senior officers that actually control the place are what you want to focus on. And finance is the quintessential place of, hey, you get rich, I get rich, we get rich together. We don't go around rocking the boat and saying, you know, our system is completely screwed up and we're really hurting the world and that you have to be nuts to, uh, you know, be buying, buying shares in our company. (laughs) <laughs> Oi. all right thanks bill we're gonna uh, pay, uh, keep looking around after we publish this uh story we're doing another one with bill about something he calls control fraud which kind of goes to the heart of all of this uh thanks bill thank you and thank you for joining me on the analysis.news don't forget the donate button the subscribe button and uh, see you again soon mm-hmm.